0: Careful now. Lock, lock, lock. Boing. So cool to be playing vinyl. vinyl. Took the record off the turntable. You ready for this? Welcome to Behind the Vinyl. Here's your host, Stu
1: Jeffries. Hello, once again, and welcome to Boom 97.3's Behind the Vinyl podcast. I'm Stu Jeffries. Later, George Thorogood plays a copy of Bad to the Bone and tells us that bad means good.
0: Bad is like the new cool and the new
1: groovy. Or hip. That's later in the podcast, but first, it's David Wilcox dropping the needle on Riverboat Fantasy, a song that contains a lot of his own childhood memories. David Wilcox on Behind the Vinyl. On a a
2: party, me and and Boy, that intro. I always love playing this song. It's one of the ones I ask the audience to sing along with, you know, because uh, they usually know the words. Now, the year is 1894. Originally, there were several inspirations for this. Um, one of them was that uh, I've always been fascinated by the beginning of jazz because it wasn't recorded, you know? And there are lots of documentaries that describe the different influences that went into it, but none of them account for what happened that created jazz music you know really you know um so it's something totally uh, north american and uh, anyway my fascination with that led me to realize that it would have been possible to ride on a riverboat in 1894 with one of the great early jazz bands and a little companionship <laughs> some supplies and uh, have a heck of a party so that was one inspiration I could have drunk a river dry mm, so I did drink a river dry, which is why I don't remember the recording process very well. <laughs> I was, if you, so the great jazz musician Charlie Parker said, if you don't live it, it won't come out your horn. <laughs> you know, I think it went into my horn. But anyway, <laughs> some of it did. Um, the, another inspiration for it is that um, I had a friend in um, junior high who uh, uh, was we came from a rather wealthy family who had land on Lake Muskoka and a number of cottages we used to go up there and play music he played the banjo you know um, and the older guys built this raft um, uh, with, with a uh, get this a laundry basket under the raft as a beer cooler so they could lift this trap door and they'd have cool beer from the lake you know um, in the laundry basket but uh, that memory is part of this too you know uh just being out on the river playing music you know, it's so magical with the trees and that delta sun beats down like a hammer mm, it gives the I think that guitar that I soloed just now with uh, might be a little four-pickup Japanese-made early 60s guitar, the kind that had tons of knobs and stuff on it, most of which don't do anything. But uh, it was my dream guitar when I was 13, and somebody gave me one years later. And uh, if you, I, I could never use it live because it doesn't intonate very well, but in a studio, um, uh, cranked up. Well, you can hear the tone there. You know. yeah. I've always been fascinated by New Orleans And I visited once in the early 70s And New Orleans was the place that taught me That you don't have to be somewhere to live there in your heart You know, 1890s Paris Or whatever, you know, you like
1: Oh, yes David Wilcox and Riverboat Fantasy on Behind the Vinyl. I'm Stu Jeffries with George Thurgood coming up. But right now, it's Colin James with a song that was a late addition to his debut album. And had he not stood his ground, it might not have been called Voodoo Thing. All right, so here we are with my
3: very first record, apart from a single I had before this record, which we hand-delivered to radio stations, which had two songs on it. It had Wide July on one side and Five Long Years on the other. And that's what got me signed at the time to Virgin Records America, brand new Virgin Records America, who at the time had only two artists that had uh, Iggy Pop, Keith Richards, and then me. <laughs> and uh, pretty exciting for me. I was you know, living in Vancouver and I had to go to Los Angeles. And uh, they fit me up with a producer they thought would be perfect for me named Tom Dowd. And Tom Dowd's a legend, he was like, Uh, from the New York area, I think originally. Uh, He was involved in the Manhattan Project, if you can believe that. He, uh, which was you know, nuclear science. And uh, uh, he uh, had worked with everyone from uh, John Coltrane, to Bobby Darin, to Eric Clapton, to uh, uh, Inagata DeVita, with, you know, I mean, just, you know, everybody pretty intimidating for me because he had worked with Aretha Franklin and Ahmed Erdogan and and all those guys and um, we went to Miami to Criteria uh, records where uh, the Honeymooners would do all their live uh, recording Uh, Jackie Gleason, that was his studio, you could go in the back rooms and you could find all the reel-to-reels of Jackie Gleason but everybody, because the reels were hanging, you could just go to these amazing rooms Anyway, the sad thing about my story is the record, me and Tom, although he was a fascinating guy, we didn't get along super great. He didn't want me to play any blues. Uh, He really, it was like pulling teeth to get any blues on this record. Uh, Why July was the only one he he kind of allowed at the time. And as a result, we kind of got into uh, some arguments, um, sadly but we got one song with Tom is all we got, which is a jazz instrumental called Three Sheets to the Wind. But uh, at the time we were lacking a couple songs and we didn't really have a radio single that was a sure thing. We had five long years, we felt good about that. But it had already been on some radio and one night me and my buddy who was staying with me in South Beach came back to the room and I was like, I need another song. that day we had tried something in the studio because we kept a room where the band could play and we went in and I said I got this riff you know I think it's a pretty cool riff and uh, and and then then me and my buddy well one night we started I, I started working on it and we got about two verses in and I phoned my manager the next day and I said voodoo thing I'm gonna call it Voodoo Thing, and I think it's, I think it's, I think it's pretty good. I think it's gonna be good. And he said, you can't call it Voodoo Thing. You, no one's gonna to wanna to hear it, because Voodoo Child by Hendrix is gonna confuse everybody. And I said, I don't think so, Voodoo Thing, Voodoo Child. I don't think that's an issue, I said. And I stood my ground, and we got the song, and um, I ended up, though, having to re-record it. So I didn't record, the, the Miami version never made it. It never made it, somewhere it exists. It was a nightmare, (laughs) though, a nightmare. And we went to L.A., we worked with uh, Danny Korchmar. There's six producers on this record, if you can even believe it. My very first record has Bob Rock, Danny Korchmar, Tom Dowd, uh, the guy who had worked with uh, Dire Straits, Neil Dorfman, and others who I can't even remember right now.
1: But anyway, Voodoo Thing was born. Colin James and Voodoo Thing are behind the vinyl. Up next in the podcast, the legendary George Thurgood, dropping the needle on Bad to the Bone a song that had its origin when George was in grade 10. Here's George and Bad to the Bone on Behind the Vinyl. There it is.
3: Wah, 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 wah,
0: wah. Bad to the Bone. Well, I'm here to t- today to talk about this song which came out in 1982, Bad to the Bone. I'll give you a little research on the, on the uh, background of this uh, particular statement. When I was a kid, I was in a band, I was a, in Delaware and I, and, and I played a lot of baseball and I was a kid who was a couple years older than me named Jerry Street and I kind of lost track of Jerry and we were playing a gig at the uh, University of Delaware when I was like in the 10th grade and I was in a band called The Quiet Ones and I played bass and Jerry came up out of nowhere and he kept saying over and over, Georgie, you, you really sound bad, you got a bad sound, this is, this is really bad and I kept saying, "And Jerry, look, I thought we were pretty good and he kept saying, no it's bad, it's bad." Then I got it, I said, bad is like the new cool, or the new groovy, or hip, if you can follow that. And that's what he was trying to say. So the word kind of stuck in my head. So after that, we all started using it. You know, like, um, uh, let's say, uh, Sandy Koufax is great, Frank Robinson is bad. See, it was a difference. Uh, You know, uh, Paul Newman was brilliant, Lee Marvin was bad. So that kind of got into my my head, and there was a kid in the neighborhood named uh, Mitch Perry. We'd say, bad or what? And this kid would say, it's bad to death, bad to death. And I'm like, wow. And I'd say, well, that's bad to death. So when we were fooling around with this riff, I started thinking, man, if you want to make something that works, try to use a prepositional phrase. Gone with the wind. That works. Ah, Bad to the bone. I started thinking about that. And I started working on it, and I always was hung up on Bo Diddley's lyrics of "Who Do You Love?" Rolling Stones doing Jumping Jack Flash," and I like those exotic lyrics, those tongue-in-cheek, you know, semi-macho fantasy lyrics um, that Bo Diddley was so good at. So once we put this all together, um, it took a while to do it. It took, took me a while to do it. We're on a 50 states, 50 days tour in America and Alaska. He would have done 51 if Canada had been the 51st state, but I, I was a big mistake of mine not to put it in there anyway. I should have. At um, any rate, we were doing that tour and I was putting the lyrics down. It took me a while. The music was fine. We had the music together. It was putting those lyrics to make sure it... to make sure. So when we finally got it done, I said, hmm, I bet this would be a great song for Muddy Waters. I want Muddy Waters to do this song. So we presented it to his management. Um, Fell on deaf ears As a matter of fact they were almost offended about by the idea and i said what oh, are you crazy man if keith richard's had written that song era clapton you would have recorded it in a minute but i'm a nobody from delaware and that's where that's that." so i then presented it to bo diddley who did like the song um but didn't have a, a record label at the time they never record deal so while we were on this tour we were just rehearsing it never put the sh- song on the show this is one for the ages. We were doing a show with the Rolling Stones and the Neville Brothers in New Orleans. And I was standing backstage in a bad cold at the time, 104 temperature, 80,000 people. I was not in good shape. It's the 44th date on the 50-50 tour and this small man comes up to me and starts chattering away. Uh, what are you doing, George? George, what are you doing? you know all about me. I didn't know who he was. Big mistake on my part. He said, um, are, are you writing any songs? And I said, well, yes, I am. I'm a, matter of fact, I'm, I'm trying to write some material. And he said, well, if any of them are like bone, you're going to do fine. I went, bone. And I went, oh, bad. I said, how do you, how do you I'm never performed, I only do it in sound checks. How, how do you know I'm doing a song, all bad, the He said, George, it's my business to know. Oh, by the way, I'm David Geffen. I said, oh. See, he was way on top of it. And from that song, with the addition to our uh, live performances that we were doing with the Stones at the time, we were touring with the Stones and Jay Giles, uh, because of that song, mainly, um, and they liked our, our, our visual, the combination of both got us a record deal with a major label. So um, that song means a lot to us. So and it's a, every time I perform it live, I was look forward to that part of the show because I'm very fortunate that, let's be honest here, probably be of the Bone is our highest profile song, so I, um, I look forward, because it's very easy to play. <laughs> Some people are not so fortunate. As time goes on, the key is not good, their voice changes, or personnel in the band, there's different. Um, so, yeah, I always look forward to that part of the show. It's pretty much the peak of the show, and it's a people song. And basically, it was written, as I got it done, I said, this is something I think the people will like. And so far, so good.
1: George Thorogood and Bad to the Bone on Behind the Vinyl. And that's a wrap for this installment. Remember, you can hear more of your favorite Behind the Vinyl episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, I'm Stu Jeffries. So long.
3: This has been Behind the Vinyl, the
0: podcast, hosted by Stu Jeffries. Audio production courtesy of Doug Morehouse,
1: Derek Walsman, and Troy McCallum. Thanks for listening.